Blog Talk Radio. everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside uh, each and every week, of course, is my good friend, uh, Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> I'm great. It's a beautiful <laughs> day in Buffalo, 75 and sunny. Yeah, same here in Florida for, for once, uh, you know, for uh, my girlfriend, Carol, of course, uh, as I've mentioned before, is uh, in the education uh, business. And, of course, it's been a lousy summer down here in the southeast for, for a while just with all this rain. And she said, sure enough, the first day that she goes back to school, which was yesterday, it was this clear, pu- beautiful, sunny sky. So I said, well, it is what it is. Just enjoy the day. But anyways, we're glad that you joined, glad that you joined me the, uh, joined us this morning here on uh, the Women of Golf Show. Uh, let me just remind everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just type women of golf, and that will take you to the main page, and you can listen to us live every Tuesday mornings. Or you can go uh, scroll down to the on-demand section if you can't join us during uh, our live broadcast, and you can listen to all of the previously recorded uh, shows as well. Uh, also, don't forget, we're available at iTunes.com and Stitcher.com. Just go into the podcast section. Again, type Women of Golf, and you can listen on either of those platforms if those are a preference for you. Um, love to hear from you. You're welcome to call in during the live shows on Tuesdays. The number to call is area code 347-945-5855. And as always, we would love to hear from you. Uh, please feel free to reach out uh, to either myself or Cindy. Cindy's email is cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and mine is Ted dot golf talk live at gmail.com um, we've got a great show for you this morning we're going to start out with a uh, a discussion i think that that really needs to be had and and Cindy and i are going to get the ball rolling and then i'm actually going to pick this up uh thursday night on uh my other show golf talk live with the coaches corner panel we're going to continue the conversation thursday evening but uh, it's dealing with an aging golf population um Cindy and i are going to talk about that in just a second um, but I also want to let you know that we've got a very special guest coming up in the second half of the show, Wendy Gray. She's a certified personal trainer, uh, an entrepreneur, and co-founder of Bar Gray Clothing. She's going to be joining us on the second half. Um, Cindy, this is a. I want to start obviously with our with our uh, discussion this morning, uh, dealing with an aging golf population. Uh, I don't have all the stats in front of me. I didn't get a chance to compile them together, but. Uh, I would say probably two-thirds of those that are golfing today, and I'm, I'm going to get out of the professional arena for a second, but I'm going to talk about our – well, um, probably about two-thirds of them uh, are 
in the upper category of, of their lifespan. And the reason why I say this is there doesn't seem to be as many young golfers uh, coming into the game uh, as there was. And there's obviously uh, with the baby boomer population and stuff, I think that that's kind of made it. But I wanted to ask you uh, your thoughts on, on a few things as well. And the first question I've got is, does our teaching methods uh, need to adjust in order for us to be able to adapt to meet their changing goals? Obviously, as golfers age, uh, their goals might change and their, their approach might change. And also, do we need to spend less time teaching uh, the mechanics of the golf swing and more on scoring opportunities? What are, what are your thoughts? Um, good question. What I would say is that I teach people to hit it straight on purpose, no matter how old they are. So I right. don't change how I teach someone depending on their age, ever. Um, what I would suggest is that them exactly, you know, how to hit the ball and make it go straight. Mm-hmm. I also would suggest that um, I think we need to help them with realistic expectations to learn how to hit it straighter and possibly chip and putt better. And once the realistic expectations show up, then it's easier to, again, help them score better and understand that, you know, shooting 90 is really good. Yeah. I I don't think, you know, I don't have that many issues with older students. I think that what I guess what I'm asking is this is I think that there there comes a point in time and, and I and I'm sure you've heard a few grumble along the way but a lot of the older golfers and I'm talking about getting into the the 60s 70s and and even up in the 80s uh, obviously you know below that uh you know it's a little bit different category but a lot of the older golfers, there's, there's become a level of frustration um, as as father time ticks on. You know, their their bodies aren't functioning uh, the same way. They don't have the same energy levels and things like that. So, you know, even though they would all love to hit it a little bit further, um, I think it becomes more of a maintenance. Um, in other words, you you're probably not going to see drastic improvements as far as ball striking ability. I mean, there may be some depending on the situation. Um, but you're not going to necessarily um, see vast improvements because your your body is just changing all the time. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't affect the scoring. And I think there's areas of the game, particularly the short game, that are going to um, be more uh, applicable, I think, at that point. I mean, it's always important to work on your short game, but I think even more so as we get older because distance is something that, you know, you're probably not going to hit it a lot further. Um, I, I don't know what you think about that, but the equipment nowadays has, has changed so much that it gives you certainly some advantages. Um, but if you're 75 years old and you're hitting it, you know, 200 yards down the fairway and you're hoping you're going to be able to bump it up to 250 to 300, I don't believe that that's going to happen. Uh, well, you know, any realistic. thoughts there? Yeah, right, exactly. And that, and that goes, to, yeah, that yeah, and that goes what you said. So that's why I guess what I'm saying is I don't necessarily think that we need to change uh, per se our methods, but I think we need to focus on areas that are going to give them the best improvement. Um, you know, I, I'll give you an example. I had a, a gentleman uh, a while back who 
uh, he would be about probably about 64, 65. He's he struggled a little bit with his game. He's he's uh, um, uh, owner owns his own company, and you know after the usual, you know how long do you have you played? You know what do you do to you know how many times a week do you get out there and, and work on your game? These types of questions, you know, I, I don't think at this time you want to necessarily reinvent the wheel. Um, he has a pretty good swing. He can you know connect with the ball fairly well. But where he lacks is his consistency in a short game. He's all over the place. You know, sometimes he's – so his distance control was an issue um, with a short game. He wasn't hitting his, his wedges and things like that a consistent distance. They're all over the place. So um, I, I just think that you need to maybe narrow the focus a little bit um, in that area when it comes to working with some of the older players um, as opposed to just trying to always work on, on gaining distance – and as you said, I think you certainly want to make sure that they're hitting it straight as possible and, and as consistently as possible. I think that's obviously important as well. But um, I, I agree with you. I don't think you necessarily have to change your methods, but I think you have to make sure that the students are being realistic in their approach. All right. One thing I do find, with, uh, and it's happened, it happened twice yesterday, with, we'll say, students over 60, is they get the flinches, mm. and yes. the flinch factor raises, and it starts with their sand wedge, and it can creep into the whole game. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> I had to call in Alan yesterday because I had a guy that was shanking it, and he's leaving for Ireland tomorrow. And was wow. you know I can't do this in Ireland and and so Alan helped him. Alan is shank king. He can help anybody get out of the shanks. But I think it happens with older people and men specifically because they play more than women. I think at that age, um, and and we really have to help them get over the shankopotamus, if you will. And I think it's them trying too hard. <laughs> and I think they're. Their subconscious mind and their self-talk is, you know, like, oh my God, I'm getting old. I don't hit it anywhere. It's like, okay, you can't go there. You got to stop. You got to be as good as you can be for what you got right here, right now. You know, quit germinating over all the stuff that you can't do, and let's figure out what you can do. So I think that's kind of what you're saying is, you know, we're all getting yes. older, and depending on where you yeah. are, how good can you be for what you got right now? I think the other thing, Cindy, that that obviously changes as we get older is the fluidity of our swing. When you're younger, it's a little bit more fluid. Your timing and everything is a little bit more consistent. Uh, I think just because of the nature of how our bodies change, uh, obviously we get some aches and pains as we get a little bit older. And I think it it causes, as you said, people to flinch a little bit more. uh, And again, probably more men than women, uh, just because men tend to get less active, unfortunately, as we get older. Uh, than women do um but um and, and i think that causes some problems and probably in the short game uh as you said it starts maybe with the sand wedge or uh wedge play in general and then eventually can creep into the rest of the game but i see this a lot of time when i see uh older golfers on the practice tee you know they're they're out there and they'll you know they'll pull out their club and they'll kind of take it back pretty good but then they it's kind of almost like a jerking motion to come into the downswing it's almost like 
you know, they're, they're in pain a little bit sometimes hitting that shot. So I don't know if they're over. Well, no, it's, it's I mean, it's true. I mean, I hate to say well, it, it, but it's be. true. And uh, it, exactly. And, and also too, and, and this is something we're going to talk about in a few minutes, cause I, I don't want to jump ahead of this, but uh, there's an issue with the feet as well. That plays a big, big factor, but um, I want to move on to the next question. Uh, and that is the assessment uh you know, obviously we do assessments when we're working with, with students uh, as they come to us, new, new students. We do uh, sort of a full assess, you know, the whys and the wheres and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, is it important to reassess our students' uh, needs and how often should we be doing that? So let's say you've had a student, you've been working with them for a little while. Um, how often should, be we, should we reassess that student's needs uh, and, and the process um, as we continue to work with them? It should be an annual thing, should it be a semi-annual, or it should be a continual process. What do you think? Well, I think it should be continual. I would just say, you know, is anything new come up? You know, how are you physically? I, I would ask them, you know, each time they come. And personally, just to see what they're able to do. You want to make sure they're flexible yeah. enough and there's no issues in their body. Now, a full physical TPI assessment, I think once a year is fine. Right. But each time they come in, you yeah. know, how have you been? Again, depending on how often they come in. If they come in every week, then no. That's probably not necessary. But if they come in, you know, given a space of time between each session, then, yeah, you need to ask yeah. them. So what have you been doing? You know, yeah, what changes. I try to do, by, yeah, if, if I'm working with somebody on a regular basis, like a weekly basis, I might, beginning of every month, the first session, I might uh, do just that. Again, every week it's not necessarily, but, um, you know, if every month we may kind of go through a, a general uh, assessment and, and kind of review the previous month, you know, what, what changes we made, um, how they helped, how they affected the game, that sort of thing, uh, and, and what they see uh, how they uh, value or not value, but how they gauge their their performance. You know, are they seeing the improvements uh, in a steady way, or or um, is it sort of up and down, up and down? But just going back very quickly to to what I was saying in a second ago, because um, this is going to go into our next question uh, about the feet. Um, in your opinion, do you think today's footwear? is really comfortable for senior golfers. And let me just preface this a little bit. Um, you know, I look at, I'm always looking at the equipment and things like that and seeing what's new on the market. And one of the complaints I get from a lot of senior golfers is um, their shoes aren't comfortable. Not that they don't fit, but they don't give them the support. As we get older, you know, our arches start to change, things like that. Um, from what you've seen, Cindy, and, and maybe talked about with other players, um, do you think that they're really meeting that need as well as they could be? Well, I think that most of the footwear, you know, in the, in the olden days or a long time ago, the foot joy shoes were so heavy, but they had such great yes. support. And I think then fashion right. took over. And now I think that Echo and Skechers – definitely have footwear that has a little more support, even though they're more like sneakers. They're trying to make shoes lighter. And I think a yes. lot of people have orthotics that have been custom fit to them. 
I know an awful lot of players do. And that doesn't matter, you know, right. age doesn't matter there. I think there's an awful lot of tour players. I would bet that 9 out of 10 tour players have custom orthotics inside their shoes. So, yeah. you know, again, I'm not sure where you're trying to lead me, but I would say that Echoes and Skechers probably do. I think the Foot Joy shoes are okay, but a lot of the fashion shoes, absolutely not. There's no support whatsoever. Yeah, and that's what. I, yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at. Is you know, there's a lot of great styles in that out there, but you know, a, a lot of. And I'll give you an example. You know, you look at a lot of uh, seniors out there, um, and you look at their their general everyday footwear. And and I'm going to use more men than, than women because I think again, men usually tend to have this uh, happen a little bit earlier. Um, but you know, they tend to get into a more orthotic uh, style footwear, whether it be a running shoe or other. Uh, shoot in order to give them that support and I just wonder if maybe their choice in golf shoe wear uh, should be more well thought out um, and again I'm not knocking any of the main brands out there but uh, again FootJoy is certainly a great brand but I just wonder if they offer as much support because you know the reason why I say this too Cindy is you know if you again if you watch a lot of the senior players uh, out there and I'm not talking about on the tours I'm just talking about in general um, you know, you see a lot, what I call a lot of the duck waddle, um, their, their, their stride in that is, is more side to side instead of front to, you know, forward and backward. And it's because they're very unsteady, uh, on their feet. Um, actually Catherine Roberts, uh, was on last week on the coach's corner panel. I know you know her quite well. And, um, she talked about how in, in our feet, as we age, the, um, nerves and nerve endings in that start to uh, decrease in their effectiveness. So what ends up happening is you actually don't feel the ground as well as you did earlier on. And what that causes a lot of people to do is to feel very unsteady on their feet because they can't actually feel the ground uh, through the soles of their feet uh, like they once did. So this is, goes to, and, and, and people might be listening and they might be saying, well, what, what is that? Who cares about that? What, why is that important? Well, as we know, the golf swing begins from the ground up. And if you're unsteady on your feet, you're not going to make those transitions uh, properly uh, into your backswing, into your forward swing. And if you're, you're sort of waddling around uh, at the best of times, you're going to have difficulty and you're going to get into some of the things that you talked about, Cindy, where you're, you're kind of in that flinching. And I think that's what causes a lot of the flinching is the muscles, but also I think people are unsteady on their feet, especially as they age. Um, your thoughts on that? Well, I can tell you that BodyTrack and FootJoy have partnered together to help fit people with golf shoes that will help their center of pressure. So they have a, a computer app, if you will, that will help mm -hmm. players get fit for the right shoe with the right center of pressure in their feet. So I think right. you're on to something. And I think BodyTrack Sports mm -hmm. invented a uh, mat with sensors in it that measures pressure in your feet, center of pressure. So I believe that, you know, people are aware of that, and FootJoy is aware of that, and they're trying to make changes. And I think that, you know, mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think the consumer just needs to be uh, aware of that, especially, as I said, our older golfers. And that's why one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this today 
Um, I, I just think that they need to be conscious of that. You know what would be interesting, Cindy, is some of these uh, – this app that you were just talking about, the body track and so forth, it would be interesting to, to map out – uh, you know, a golfer in their 20s and then, you know, as they progress to continue to map it out and just see and identify some of the changes that happen as they age, I think, and I'm sure they, I'm sure somewhere they're probably doing that anyways, but it would be interesting to follow a golfer and see how their foot, uh, you know, activity changes throughout the course of their golf career. Um, you know, see whether they favor certain sides of the foot or areas of the foot more as they age uh, in order to compensate for, for maybe uh, injuries or, or uh, discomfort or what have you. It'd just be interesting uh, to, to kind of see that. But anyways, um, that was why I wanted to bring that up. Um, I, I know you kind of answered this, but um, obviously as, as golfers age, uh, ex- expectations, I think, need to change as well. Um, what do they need to be looking at? Do you think Cindy, as, as they get a little bit older, um, what areas do you think they need to focus on and what do they need to spend less time worrying about, um, as they, as they play uh, golf in their, in their golden years? Well, I think number one, you got to play appropriate keys. Um, and it's funny now that the the general golf population is aging um, you'll see courses changing the color of the red tees that were always the ladies' tees, and now they're the forward tees, and they're not always right. red. Sometimes they're gold. And way back when, gold tees were back, and now gold tees are forward. Right. So I think that they need to play appropriate tees. And, and again, you know, U.S. Kids Golf does that. They They have these young kids, which the World Championships is going on, are going on right now in Pinehurst, they have um, young children playing appropriate tees so that everybody can shoot par better. And I think, really, we should all do that, whether you're 8 or you're 78 or 88. I think you need to play appropriate tees where you can reach the greens um, reasonably, you know, well on most holes which will make it easier to score, which will make it a lot more fun. I mean, some of these kids playing in um, tournaments, they can't reach the green, so 95 or 120 is a really good score. And I think that that's, you know, again, that's a different issue. But I think, number one, play the right tee boxes because you're going to hit it shorter. You're going to lose distance. So, yeah, you need to change your expectations. And if you're not going to change where you play from, then you've got to lower your expectation on what you're going to shoot. Because if you're playing a 420-yard par 4 and you only hit it 180 yards, you know, par is 5. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's exactly – yeah, no, that's perfect sense. And, and I agree with you 100%. I think that, you know, you, you need to, to move up. You might even have to move up uh, – two tee boxes, uh, you know, in order to make that happen. And I think, you know, this is something that a lot of golfers have struggled with. They feel like, well, you know, I'm, I'm out here and, you know, I've still got a lot of strength and I, and I want to play from um, the regular tees or I want to, you know, I think I can still hit a good ball, so I want to play from the back tees. And their scores are just, you know, going up instead of coming down or, or even maintaining. And then they get frustrated. So I think that 
you know, there's no shame in, in moving up a tee box or even two in some cases, depending on the circumstances. Um, but I, I think that, you know, this is something that we have to help them work on a little bit too when we're when we're teaching them is make them understand that it's not a you know it's not a crime if they if they have to move up a tee box or so um in your opinion what do you think needs to happen what uh from our standpoint to keep uh, a lot of our aging players motivated some of them have lost i mean i've had um you know i've had a, a number that have come to me over the years that just say you know gosh i just can't score as well and and they've just sort of lost that momentum and, and lost the desire to even play. Um, I know we touched on a few things that could probably help motivate, but what do you try to do to help some of the uh, older golfers that you're working with to, to stay motivated? Well, I think it's their mindset. And golf is a game that is super, really, really hard. And I believe we've all had bad things happen to us with our golf game and I think that the longer you've played the more negative you can get and therefore you lose hope and it's funny because I've been writing, I've been a columnist for the Buffalo News for the last couple of years in the summer and I talk about mindset and the mental game an awful lot and it, I had a guy respond to one of my articles and said thank you so much for writing this particular article, I'm 85 years old and I'm still working on my game. And I thought, you know what? I've done my job. So I think it's your mindset and your outlook. And I guess, you know, again, this guy yesterday that had the Shankopotamus going, he was way better (laughs) chipping one-handed with his right hand and I said, you know what I would do? I said, look, we're not going to fix this. This is like an anchor on you. It is a demon. You need a golf enema, and you're leaving for Ireland. You need to chip one-handed. And when you get there, you need to tell the boys you're with, hey, sooner than you one-handed than you do with two. You've got to make a joke out of it. And he looked at me. He goes, yeah. are you kidding? I said, no, I'm not kidding. I'm telling you, do you want a solution, <laughs> or do you want to sit there and muddle in your own self-pity? You know, so again, sometimes they got to be slapped around a little bit um, to be made aware. You know, listen to what you're saying. Go look in the mirror. You know, get off the nail. Do something about it. So, again, you know, can you get better? Yeah. Again, we were talking about because this particular head pro, this guy is a member of a private club, and the head pro's son has something really bad wrong with his back, and he had some kind of surgery. The young kid. He's got to learn to walk again. And he said, Cindy, this little boy is going to have to have multiple surgeries throughout his whole life. And I said, so how bad is this shank? You know, let's put it all in perspective. He goes, you know what, you're right. I said, so stop. Chip with one hand. Okay. And I think they need to be made aware that, you know, you can become a grumpy old fart or you can change your mindset and your outlook. Stop. Be grateful you're alive. Yeah, exactly. You know, I hear this, you know, being in in Florida, of course, uh, is obviously a big area for a lot of snowbirds coming down here. And every winter I hear the same thing. These, you know, these old codgers are grumbling, complaining about, you know, everything. And and I say the same as you. I said, you know, be grateful you can still get out there and play. I mean, I know people that, um, you know, are 90 years old that um, are out there playing golf and you're only, you know, 60s or barely even 70s. 
and you're grumbling and playing, you're in better shape than they are, but they're going out and having a good time. They're having fun. Are they shooting, you know, par? Probably not, but um, they're out there having a good time. So just be grateful. I, I agree with you 100%, Cindy. Um, all right, we've got to move on. I see our, our guest is, is ready, so let me just introduce her, and, and, and we'll bring uh, our guest on uh, and talk a little bit about um, what she's doing in the golf industry to help elevate. Uh, her name is Wendy Gray, and she's a certified personal trainer, uh, entrepreneur, and co-founder of Bar Gray Clothing. Uh, Bar Gray, just to tell you a little bit, it was founded by two women who enjoy golfing, but not necessarily its clothing. Uh, friends, uh, Cassie Barquet, a lawyer and mother of three, and Wendy Gray, as I mentioned, a certified personal trainer, entrepreneur, and mother of three as well, decided to embark on the challenge of designing modern, flattering, uh, feminine, and technical clothing for women golfers, uh, utilizing only the finest quality of technical fabric to outfit the female golfer. Uh, their pieces, both functional, uh, UV protection, cooling technology, uh, utilizing also warming technology, reflective and antibacterial and obviously at the same time making it flattering while maintaining a chic modern style without compromising the classic look. And their catch line, if you will, is very interesting. We help do it all the time. So without further ado, uh, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Wendy Gray. Good morning, Wendy. Hi, Cindy. Um, you're actually, Kathy Barquette's on the line as well. Oh, okay. Hello, guys. I wasn't sure if she was joining us or not. Hi, Cassie. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having us. Not a problem. Tell me again uh, my what apologies. the tagline sure. is. I didn't hear that tagline. I'm in the car and I couldn't hear it. Oh, Bar Gray, we we make you look good all the time. <laughs> nice. I like that. So, Larry, tell us about um, tell us about your um. I I see here why you started this because you were sick and tired of looking like an old frump. And there wasn't any um, flattering, nice clothing for a nice young woman or a middle-aged or old woman who wants to look good on the course. But tell us your motivation for starting this. I think primarily um, our focus was, like you said, not only to, to look better than what was out there, but, but truly to find some performance uh, apparel Um that function for us when we played. Um, the things we sort of liked were developed for for athletes, but other sports, not golf. And when you think about being out on the course and playing 18 holes, there are certain needs um, and wants for your apparel when you're out there. And, and we carefully incorporated all those things into our apparel. And so they function so well, and they happen to also look great. <laughs> Well, and that's and this is Ted, by the way, um, and, and that's something that's important as well. Um, you know, you want to look good while you're out there. You want to feel comfortable, and you want it to be functional as well. Um, did you want to design it so that it could also be worn uh, as sort of everyday casual wear as well? If you, for, not just on the golf course, but if you were doing something else, you could kind of mix it up and match it with with uh, another part of uh, an outfit. Did you want to have that functionality as well? I wouldn't say that was the driving force behind our, um, you know, inception of, of our company and our clothing, but we all know that it's just sort of um, more of a, uh, in the in the industry, this athleisure concept of, you know, going from right. one place to the other and, and wearing 
your clothes that you you worked out in to go to lunch or brunch or anything like that. So um, certainly our clothes do that, but it wasn't our motivation. You know, it wasn't like you have to wear this skirt to golf in and then also go have dinner. You know, that really wasn't what we were going for. But this athleisure right. concept plays well in, into our line. We have a lot of pieces that Wendy and I and all of our customers love to wear, even if they're not going to go play golf. I mean, they just function well when you're running errands and going to do things. So we're lucky in that regard. Fantastic. Now, you also, I, I believe you went to the PGA Merchandising Show. Is that correct? Um, I think a couple of years ago. We've gone the last two years, actually. Um, and when we started our company, Wendy and I did a lot of research. We didn't just, you know, blow right out of the gate. We spent a, a good year and a half really researching what it was going to take to develop a line and, and design the clothes and choose the Pantone colors and, and find the right fabric. So we went to textile shows, we went to markets, and then we actually went to the PGA show just as, you know, walk around guests. And then um, the last two years, we've actually had a booth at the PGA show in Orlando. And then you'll see us in Vegas um, the 14th. So we'll be there as well. Now, how was it received at the PGA show? Did you have to, um, I don't know, what's the word? Was it a hard sell for the Stadio Country Club? Or were they thrilled to see something new and exciting? Uh, the latter, absolutely. We had so many positive um, people come by and, and and love our stuff. I mean, they just, the length is there. It's it's classic. It, it respects the, the game. But yet it looks modern and it, it flatters all. You know, you guys, we listened to you guys talk about the aging golfing population, and I just couldn't help but think to myself that this line trends to all ages. I mean, we just have customers across all generations that really love our stuff. So we were very well received by the country clubs and, and boutiques and, um, you know, outlets. So, yeah. That's awesome. Now, do you have sales reps around the country, or are you trying to sell – you know, just through pro shops and then online. Tell us what your marketing strategy is. Uh, we we have a mixed bag. I mean, we 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 have all those things. We have sales uh, reps uh, around. We have um, sort of the next level would be like an ambassador, where we provide a lot of these girls that are trying to break out and play um, with clothing and um, sort of goodwill relationships with them, and they also sell. Uh, sell the clothes um and we have a working relationship with them and then we we have we're in all of our local pro shops here in tulsa oklahoma as well as you know regional and across the country arizona colorado iowa idaho michigan florida i could go on and on we're in a lot of pro shops so and then we have online sales and amazon so we're getting out there and Wendy, Wendy's behind all of our marketing. She's just been so great just getting us out there. We have zero budget, so we're just <laughs> tackling it on the social media front, you know, really well. She's gotten us out there. That's thank awesome. you, That's how I found Wendy. Yeah, it's on LinkedIn, so thank you. Wendy, do you have anything to say about the marketing and the social media stuff? 
I mean, honestly, we probably wouldn't be where we are right now if we didn't have it. I mean, I can't imagine um, us trying to get our stuff out there without, I mean, without just yes. having that. It's, it's been huge. Yeah, social media is a great, um, can be a great tool um, to, to get your name and get your brand out there and that. Um What's in the future for you guys? Where do you want it? How do you want to expand from here? You've obviously got uh, a number of different pieces. I've, I've been on your website, so I've seen some of the things that you have to offer and that. Um, is there sort of a next generation for bar gray uh, clothing? What areas do you want to expand into? Or are you going to basically stay in, in a certain segmented market um, and just sort of go with that as, as your, your main thing? How do you see yourself uh, five years down the road? Well, um, and I and Wendy can add to this. I think we sort of have this collective agreement that we really love our mission, which is to empower women. And so a lot of people ask us, are you going to come out with a men's shirt? Well, we're really not out there to try to compete against the big companies that, that make really great men's shirts. Um, we're really out there to provide what's missing, which is this, you know, great women's clothes for women golfers. Um, certainly, um, we have a lot of interest. We have local high school teams that want to wear our stuff. So we've, um, we've size graded our, our, some of our clothing down to junior sizes. We have extra small, we go all the way from extra small to extra large. And so a lot of our high school girls, um, can wear our stuff. So we would like to trend to juniors eventually. Um, but in terms of our mission to empower women, that's kind of where we are right now. Right. Um, who Who is the biggest, um, uh, I guess, bracket of, of customer right now? What age area? Um, you know, is it the, the junior market? Is it the um, middle age or is it the senior market? Where is the majority of your customers fall into? Uh, honestly, that's kind of where I was uh, going with, with my statement earlier, which is we really trend nicely across all of these um, generations. Okay. We, I couldn't pick one pool that is buying more than the other. Um, maybe 35 to 50, but we have women um, in their 70s wearing it. We have girls in their teens wearing it. So um, we've been really fortunate to to have a pretty wide uh, span of customers there. I have to add. Yeah. And that, um, that- I'm so intrigued by how you started this. Did you, do you guys sew? <laughs> I've actually uh, taken a sewing class before. I can, it's very uh, cave woman-ish. I can do costumes <laughs> for my kids maybe, but um, we actually, we had some uh, help. Wendy had um, some contacts here in town that helped us sketch and sew our very, very first ideas. Um, and then we just sort of branched out from there. So now, where is the so. clothing made? Is it manufactured here? Is it manufactured overseas? You know, how long does it take from the time you order? You have to pre-order like lots and lots of pieces. I just think it's so interesting that you took this upon yourself to do this. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been a it's been a learning curve because you read our bio at the intro uh, of our our little segment here, and neither one of us has really any um, experience in this sort of um, 
in this sort of business. So we're self-taught and we, we've just learned the ropes as we've gone, but we, we have a, a sourcing company um, in the U S that has been just wonderful to work with. And they're out of Chicago and we work closely with them and send them our designs and, and size scales and measurements. And Wendy and I literally just in one of our homes spread out across our kitchen counters <laughs> and have Pantone books and measuring tapes and sketches. And we just do it ourselves out of our living room. And then, um, our fabric and our uh, cut and sew company is out of Shanghai. And yeah, so, they have to order in advance. So we have to think about um, getting our colors and our trends for upcoming seasons. We have to think, think about six to eight months in advance. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Did you ever stop and say, what are we doing? <laughs> I think in the middle of the night, maybe countless times, right? Yes. <laughs> like 3 o'clock in the morning, you sit straight up and say, oh, my God, oh, my God. That's Wendy's favorite time. Uh, yeah. She likes 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely it. Let me ask yeah, let me ask you ladies something. Uh, obviously, you, you have other uh, careers as well. So, um, Cassie, I, I understand that you're you're a lawyer um, I don't know whether you're still practicing or not, or if this is sort of taking a lot of your time, but how do you find that balance? Because obviously when you're first starting off this new venture, um, you've got to be committed to it and that, but at the same time, um, you know, you've got to be able to continue on your, your day-to-day lives. Um, how did you work out that balance, or did you just jump in both feet and say, okay, we're going to put this other aside, and we're going to focus 100% on this? What was your, your uh, process? Um, the process uh, actually has been perfect for Wendy and I. I think to get into something like this, you, you have to have the perfect partner. I, I, I don't think I could have done this with anyone other than Wendy, honestly. We, we complement each other very well. But to just deal with the, the everyday stuff we have going on, we're moms, and, and like you said, we have right. other jobs. I don't really practice law a whole lot anymore, but it really is one day at a time. We'll talk every day and say, here's the plan for today, or here are these orders. You, I can fill these. You can fill those. Um, it's literally one day, one hour at a time, and we just kind of plot it out. And, and then we have big picture, obviously, strategies and stuff, too, in play, but um, that's just kind of how we do it, and it's worked out great. Yeah, and I agree. I think yeah, that's happy. Yeah. Now, your husband's also obviously been very supportive. Um, now, I realize this is a a, uh, a women's line that you're you're going after, but do you get their feedback as to what they think as well? Um, do you show them what your some of your ideas and say, what do you think of this? Do you think this would look good on 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 so and so? And 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 how do you incorporate them or do they just sort of sit back and and just uh and and let you run run with it i i think a little of both i mean they they are um they're empowering to both of us and and allow us to do what we like but we definitely turn to them and ask them you know their opinions on on fashion because i mean the women are looking good for themselves and let's face it you know others so it's nice to get their feedback on on what looks good and then um you know, they've been to every show with us. They've hauled boxes. They've, you know, loaded up dollies. I mean, they're, they've been great. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Uh, uh, you know, you need a little, <laughs> little muscle here and there to move those boxes around when the orders come in and, and uh, going to trade shows and things like that. Um, I think it's fantastic. And, 
and I'll be I'll be quite honest. I went to the um, I didn't go this last year, or in fact, I didn't go the last two years to the PGA uh, merchandising show. So I don't know if you're going to be there in in 2018 or not. But uh, I'll make a point of stopping by your booth. But I'll be honest. The one thing that I noticed um, at the show when I was there a couple of years ago was just some of the great uh, young and up and starting uh, in the in and I say in the women's category. Um, in my opinion, stole the show um, away from many of the main suppliers out there. There were just so many great ideas, and I can kind of envision that this is really what, what you guys have done is you've come out with some innovative thoughts and ideas and have decided to run with it, and I think this is great for the industry, um, and I, I hope more and more people obviously uh, do the same thing, obviously for different products, but um, I, I, I kind of envision this is what you guys did is you just – saw a potential market here that was not being addressed and, and put together a business plan and, and uh, went forward with it. But when I was at the show, this was one thing that really impressed me was a lot of the great young uh, female entrepreneurs that had come into the show at that time. So I can imagine it was even better the last couple of years. Um, what did you see when you were down there that, that kind of impressed you? And did it give you any ideas or anything at the show that you saw that, hey, this is something that we would like to uh, tap into as well. Um, I, I have to agree with you. I kind of like these these new um, smaller companies coming up with new innovative ideas. It just kind of it makes it more interesting for the market and it makes it more interesting for the athletes. Um, so yeah, we're we're just blessed to be a part of it. Well, I think I would but, like to see even if you make one. One men's shirt, just because a lot of the men's shirts that I saw <laughs> down the PGA show were not great. And I'll tell you, the, the, they didn't even compare to what the women had at that time. I mean, it was just, I mean, obviously women are much more fashion forward than men are, but it was just sort of the same old boring thing for the guys to wear, uh, in my opinion. It's just nothing new. It was just a different color scheme and maybe a few stripes running in a different direction. But the ladies just had so <laughs> many great options out there, and I, I wish so. Make one men just for me and your husbands. Make one men's shirt for the line. Other than that, I don't care. You run with it. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I know you. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's okay. <clears throat> so, tell us what you're doing because your tagline or your mission is to empower women. Tell us what you're doing, who you're partnering with, or how we can help you promote the cause. Oh wow! Thank you. Yeah, and and I'll let Wendy rattle off. Uh, more than what I can pull off the top of my head, but we have partnered with um, Women with Drive and Backswing Golf Events, which is an all-female former pro uh, company that will go out and and uh, support your private tournaments and be your pro, you know, so to speak, on the tee box, and um, just a lot of other uh, women organizations that that have come out of the woodwork, with the Peggy uh, Bell. Uh, junior girls we've provided uh clothing for them wendy help me uh battle through some of these i think you're hitting them i mean the back thing's huge and peggy and bell uh well let's try for sure yeah i think you nailed it yeah it's been it's been great and and the mission um, uh, is is to get these girls interested in playing golf and if for any reason whatsoever they've hesitated to play, um, maybe based on what is out there to wear, you know, as superficial as that sounds, if it motivates them to go out and try the sport, we want them to do it. So um, there's so many 
benefits to this sport. Um, we want everyone to get out there and try it and, and look good while doing it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Definitely. Let me just throw yeah, let me just throw one one name uh, to both of you ladies, and if you've got an opportunity to, to jot it down, you might want to consider doing this. You may already know her, may have spoken to her or not, but her name, she was actually a guest recently on our show. Uh, Alyssa uh, Gaudet is, is how it's pronounced, and it's E-L-I-S-A and G-A-U-D-E-T. Um, and she started uh, Executive uh, Golf International, I believe is the, the company name, but uh, she also does uh, Women's Golf Day. And just to give you an idea of the oh, number, yeah. she just started this a few years ago, uh, and she is at over just topping over, I think, 800 this past year in 2016, or sorry, uh, 2017. It was June 5th, I believe, or 6th was the date. It's the first Monday, I think, in June. Um, she was at 700, I believe, in 42 courses around the world. Uh, this event was it's a one-day event, and it's been the last couple of years. And it was in 46 countries. And wow. I think That's there was tremendous. about 30 or 40. And it's for women. It's for exactly what you just talked about. So you may want to reach out to her, and I can certainly uh, I'll give Cindy the, the information afterwards, and she can forward it to you um, how to reach out to her. But she's on Facebook as well and, and social media, mm-hmm. but that's her name. Uh, but that's what she does is that the whole purpose of this Women's Golf Day event is um, to get women who – you know, maybe have never played the sport or some that do that just want to go out and, and again, all about empowering women. So this may be somebody that you may want to reach out to and there may be an opportunity, but, um, and actually it's going to be bigger and better uh, for next year. I think June 5th is going to be the date in 2018 um, will be the the next one, but uh, it was very, very successful. She's had incredible um, um, exposure on the golf channel and and, uh, other major networks and she's all over the world. So, um, this may be an opportunity, but just food for thought. Um, I'll get you the information and relay it through Cindy and, and uh, let you guys run with it. But um, I, I think that you. the cause yes. that you're doing, I think is, yeah, I think the cause is fantastic. And we'll certainly do what we can on our show here to continue to, to help promote it. Anything we can do, we'll be more than happy to do that. But um, what's, uh, so tell us about Vegas. What's happening in Vegas? It's, it's sort of a, uh, it's, it's a PGA show. It's 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 the same as the show they do in Orlando. It's more geared toward apparel, as far as we understand it. We've we've not been. This is our first first year to to go, and it's you know as you can imagine, the the west side of our country is still in season with their with their golf, um, Arizona and so forth. So they don't really go um, as you know well they're not as well traveled to the Orlando show in, in January because they're in season. So they provide this show in August um, for, for those courses that don't travel to Florida um, one to make that long of a trip. And two, probably they're right in the middle of their season. So um, we are doing exclusively this, this one-to-one program. It's a one day private um, sort of appointment with some courses there. There's also you could have a booth and do the, the show that continues on for a couple more days after that. But we're not going to be able to do that. Um, our children are starting school and a lot of other conflicts right. with our schedules. But we're going to go up there for the for the one-to-one. And meet, and I'll get to see our sourcing company and, and take those guys out to dinner and see them. So it'll be a nice little trip Very up good. there and get some exposure. Yeah. Now, now you had some – uh, sorry. 
how can Pardon? our listeners find you and purchase clothing? They can find us at www.bargray.com, and that's our that's our store. You can shop there. We're also on Amazon. If if uh, listeners would prefer to just go to Amazon, and you can look for uh, Bargray pieces there, um, and you know, ask your local pro shop. If they don't carry us, suggest they, they reach out to us and, and we'll send them, you know, a sample pack and there's no minimums or anything like that. So we'd love to get out there. So there is no minimum order. Perfect. No. Do you logo the clothing? We will. We will. We're very flexible. <laughs> we work with everyone. <laughs> So is it screen print or embroidery? We embroider um, our, the logos that we've done uh, thus far, but but we're not close-minded to any requests, and we don't want any strict rules that would prevent us from getting you know out there. So just ask us; we'll probably make it happen. Okay, so there is no minimum order for a country club who wants logo shirts. Or Correct. would there be if you get it? Wow, that's really nice. I have an embroidery business, so I yeah, I understand that, but that's great because that's hard to do to set up a machine for one or two or three or six pieces instead of seventy-two. That's awesome. Right. Well, that's fantastic. Well, ladies, we want to thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. And just to remind everybody, if they're interested in, in checking out and learning more about uh, this great clothing line, they can go to www.bargray.com, and that's spelt B-A-R-G-R-A-Y. Um, by all means, please go out and do that. Ladies, uh, much continued uh, success, and I will get that information um, through to you uh, in, the, in the next little bit um, for you to follow up on if you choose. But um, thanks for coming on this morning and joining us on the program. Yeah, thank you thank for having us. Thanks so You're much, You're very welcome. And, and, luck. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. You're welcome. All right. Uh, that was uh, Wendy Gray and uh, Cassie Barquette uh, joining us from Bar Gray Clothing. Uh, very interesting line. Um, you know, as I said, I've checked out a little bit of it in that, and uh, certainly very, very stylish, and I'm sure they're going to do extremely well. Um, I want to thank you uh, as well for joining us this morning. Cindy and I always enjoy bringing this broadcast each and every Tuesday, and uh, we hope that uh, you enjoy it as well, and, and please continue to help spread the word. Uh, for our show as well, The Women of Golf, uh, you can find us at Blog Talk Radio. Blog talkradio.com uh, is where you can find us generally, but you can also go to iTunes.com or Stitcher.com as well and just type in Women of Golf in the search key and you'll get to the, the show there as well. For those of you that are just tuning in late, if you weren't able to listen to the earlier parts of the broadcast and you want to listen to it, go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Women of Golf and just scroll down to the on-demand section and the recorded version will be there uh, for you to listen to when it's convenient for you. But on that note, um, again, we want to sp- thank our very special guests from Bar Gray Clothing, Wendy Gray and Cassie uh, Barquette. Uh, thanks, ladies, for joining us this morning. And, and again, much uh, continued success. And on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, thank you and have a great week. We'll see you next week on the Women of Golf. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye.